Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. It's a uh, great thrill uh, to be back here in Melbourne uh, and here at Activate Church, Melbourne, the home of the AFL Premiers, Hawthorne, and uh, just, uh, yeah, amen. Uh, so uh, it is a, a great thrill to be here, and uh, thank you so much, uh, Ben and Sarah, for having us um, here for the day, And uh, but it's incredible uh, what God can do in one day. Uh, you know, the Bible says better is one day in his courts uh, than a thousand anywhere. Uh, you know what that means? Uh, it means he can undo three years' worth of damage in one day. <laughs> he can give you years of vision in one day. It's incredible what God can do in a day. So uh, even though we're together for a day, I just trust God will do uh, something awesome. Uh, I must admit that during the uh, service today, I was mightily impressed uh, with uh, Pastor Ben's arms. Uh, those, uh, yeah, <laughs> those, those guns, man, it's just like... Just incredible. Um, actually, he was telling me recently he wasn't feeling well and uh, had been to uh, the doctor. And the uh, doctor said to him, listen, I need to take your blood pressure. And, and so he put his arm up on the bench to get his blood pressure done. And the and, uh, doctor said, Ben, uh, sorry, mate, can't help you. Uh, you need to go see a vet. Uh, <laughs> ben said, why is that? And the doctor said, because those puppies are fully sick. So... Um, <laughs> That may or may not have happened. <laughs> Praise God. And, uh, but also uh, wonderful. I'm so wrapped to uh, bring my wife Trish with me and so great to catch up with. Got a number of great friends in this church, uh, Owen and Jody Lewis and Nicole and Andy Hibbert and, and others. So it's great thrill to be here. And uh, I just trust that as we get around God's word, I promise I won't lie again, uh, as we get around God's word, uh, God's got something awesome for us. Amen. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, uh, turn with me to the book of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs chapter 18, uh, going to be reading Proverbs 18 verse 21, and then after that we're going to jump over to Ecclesiastes. So Proverbs 18 verse 21 says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I'll read that again. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now jump over to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, Ecclesiastes chapter uh, chapter 3, going to be reading from verse 1, Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says this, to everything there is a season, time for every purpose under heaven, time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. Time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Time my message today is, and maybe because I'm inspired by the cricket test match, but uh, time my message is called, it's time to declare. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, I thank you for your word. I just ask and pray that you help us to know the weapons we have at our disposal. I thank you and I praise you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name. Uh, amen. Uh, before I share, I felt the Holy Spirit just give me a word uh, for a couple of people. Um, uh, Pastor Ben and, and Sarah, I uh, felt the Holy Spirit say for me that for you as a couple, as a family, and also for this church, that in 2016, it's going to be a year where God delivers you from the snare of the fowler. Um, a fowler
Tyler is someone who goes to try and catch birds, and when he catches them, he stops them from flying. And I felt the Holy Spirit say that there's been some things in your family and even in the life of the church that uh, the enemy has has caused to stop from flying, where you feel like you need to soar, but it's like there's things that have happened that have kept you grounded. And I felt the Holy Spirit say that next year he's going to remove the limitation of those things, and you're going to start flying in areas where you had sought to but were unable to before, and that is for as a church, but also some of the dreams and ambitions as a family uh, as well. Uh, Owen and Jody, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, he gave me the scripture, honour your father and mother that all may go well with you in the land God has given you. felt the Holy Spirit say that because you have honoured uh, your families and you've honoured your parents, that God, I felt the Holy Spirit say he's going to give you favour and I heard him say he's going to release land to you uh, as a result of it, that this thing is going to release to you as a result of that. Uh, it's time to declare. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that there's a time to keep silent and there's also a time to speak. If you think about our Christian life and our Christian walk, uh, there's both those elements come into play. There's a time as a Christian where we need to keep silent. Uh, if you think about your devotional life, there are moments when we need to be reflective, when we are to wait upon the Lord, that we are to be contemplative. There is a component of the Christian life where we are to keep silent. But there's not, it's not just silence. There's a component of the Christian life where we need to also speak. As a Christian, a part of our Christian life requires us to use our words to speak and to say things. Speaking and declaration and confession are an important part of the Christian life all the way through it. I mean, you can't even get saved without speaking right. The Bible says you've got to believe in your heart and then confess with your mouth and then you'll be saved. What happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon us? Bible says the Holy Spirit comes upon us. We start speaking in other tongues. How did God create the world? Well, he Bible says he spoke it. He said, let there be lights and there was light. How did Jesus perform most of his miracles? Most of them were through speaking. He would say, come out, be healed, be free. Much of his ministry was all about speaking. I mean, uh, all through the scripture, it talks about the need for us to use our words and to speak and say things. How do we move a mountain? The Bible says that rather than just strategizing and digging it up and getting the equipment, we first speak to the mountain and then it'll be, and then it'll be moved. Make no mistake, as a Christian, there is a part of our Christian life where we need to have silence, but there's also a part where we need to speak. I find a lot of Christians fall into different camps. Some Christians like the contemplative part of Christianity, the reflective and the quiet part of Christianity, and that's valid. But make no mistake, that is incomplete. That as a Christian, there is a time when we need to keep silent, but there's also a time when we need to use our words and we need to speak. Bible says in Proverbs 18.21, it talks about the effect of our words. Our words have a twofold effect. Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. So what that means is we affect external circumstances through the words from our mouth. But more than that, it says those who love it will eat its fruit. So what that means is that our words also affect us as well. How we 
feel. And so our words have a twofold effect. It affects our external world and it also affects our internal world. So our words are powerful. Words are important. And so I'm talking to you today about it's time to declare. And I want to talk to you about five things as a Christian that we need to declare. Five things, five times we need to use our words, five times when we need to speak, five things that we need to declare. The first thing that we need to declare is that we need to declare promises from the Word of God. Bible says in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, God is speaking to Joshua. They're about to take the people into the promised land, God's people. And he says, do not let the book of the law, the word of God, depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Don't let the book of the law depart from your, well, it doesn't say bookshelf. He doesn't even say, don't let it depart from your heart. Doesn't even say, don't let it depart from your journal. He says, don't let it depart from your mouth. He's saying if you want to advance in Christian life, there are times when we need to get God's word and we need to start declaring it and we need to start speaking it. We need to, more than just writing it down and sticking it on a fridge magnet and putting it on our fridge, we need to declare the word of God. When do we need to declare the word of God the most? Probably when there's a promise in God's word that's not evident in our life. Have you ever done that? There's a promise in God's word for God's people, but it's not evident in your life. What do you do? Well, some people change their theology, but that's actually not the right answer. What we need to do is start declaring it, get in agreement with God's word and start speaking it. I remember uh, many years ago, I was going through a difficult time in my ministry. I was actually quite depressed all the time. And I was reading how the uh, Bible says the fruit of the spirit in Galatians said, talks about the fruit of the spirit. And one of the fruits of the spirit was joy. Now, I had a bit of a revelation at the time that joy was a fruit of the Spirit, uh, wasn't a seed of the Spirit. Uh, some people don't understand that. Uh, they think it's a seed. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, that's right, brother. I've got joy deep, deep down. <laughs> Joy's not a seed, it's a fruit. My grandfather used to have an apple orchard. He used to drive us around in the back of the ute, driving around looking at all the different apple trees. He would say, they're Jonathan's, they're Granny Smith's, they're Golden Delicious, they're Red Delicious. He could tell just by looking at them. He didn't have to dig around into the root system to figure out what kind of tree it is. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. We should be able to tell by looking at your face. <laughs> Amen. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not a gift of the Spirit. Oh, you've got the gift of joy. Just one of those happy people. Wherever you go, you just light up the room. Joy's not a gift, it's a fruit. What that means is this. It's to be, it can be evident in every believer's life. And I didn't have it. So what do you do? Do you change your theology? Or do you have a go at getting in agreement with God's word? Well, that's what I did. And so I said, I just remember I was standing there. I said, Lord, I just started declaring. I said, Lord, I thank you. I didn't ask for it because I already had it, the Bible said. So I said, Lord, I thank you for your joy. So I said it again. Lord, I thank you for your joy. Lord, I thank you for your joy. Lord, I thank you. For your joy. <laughs> I said it about 20 times. 
By the time I'd finished, literally the heaviness had lifted straight off me. Joy started filling my heart. I started having a bit of a giggle and none of my circumstances had changed yet. But a promise from God's word leapt into my life more than just reading it, but through the power of declaration. There are times when we need to declare God's word. It's important to read it and it's good to write it down and get and think about it again. But there are times when we need to declare promises from the words of God. The second thing that we need to declare is we need to declare personal prophecies. Personal prophecies. Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, Apostle Paul's writing to Timothy, says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. So Paul is saying to Timothy, Timothy, I want you to wage warfare with the prophecies you've been given. Now, what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean we write it on a piece of paper and wave it. It actually means we start declaring it. We start speaking the prophecies that we've been given. Why is that? Because, have, well, have you ever noticed that when you've received a prophecy, a lot of the time it doesn't happen straight away? And in fact, not only that, that a lot of the time, immediately afterwards, the exact opposite happens. <laughs> prophecies, when we receive them, when we receive a promise from God, they don't always happen overnight or they don't always happen when we want them to happen. That's why the Bible says the promises of God are inherited through faith and patience. <laughs> I don't like that second bit. <laughs> I like the first bit. <laughs> They're inherited through faith when it comes and we will believe it. That's when I want it to happen. But they're inherited through faith and patience. Uh, some translations of the Bible don't use the word patience. They use another word. It's called long-suffering. What that means is sometimes we've got to suffer a long time before God's promises come to pass. And what can happen is you get a promise and then there's almost like something opposite that happens. What happens on the inside, you get filled with doubt, you get filled with unbelief, you get filled with fear and you just get swamped with that stuff. How do we beat that back? We start declaring that prophecy that we've been given. Uh, many years ago, uh, when I started in ministry, uh, we first went in a full-time ministry back in 2000 and um, got invited to become a youth pastor in um, North Queensland, in Mackay. And uh, before going there, I remember even receiving prophecies from the church prayer team uh, telling me that there's going to be fire in the youth group. They said, there's going to be fire in this youth group. I get there and they, I just keep getting prophecies almost every week. And from guest speakers and everything, there's going to be fire in this youth group. This youth group's going to be on fire. It's going to be known as a youth group on fire. But the problem was my youth group was dead. It was as dead as a doornail. I remember one time, uh, you know, I'm trying to, well, we're trying to teach them about praise and worship. They had no interest in praise and worship, the kids in my youth group. Uh, and, um, you know, and it wasn't a big youth group. I mean, we started the first, you know, night we had youth. We had 22 young people in the youth group, which was awesome, I thought. Made us the second biggest youth group in the city. Uh, then by the middle of the year, due to my incredible leadership and vision, the youth group grew down to six. <coughs> And, uh, the, and the intercessors are still giving us the words. There's going to be fire. There's going to be fire. You know, we couldn't do praise and worship. Uh, I, I, was, I was trying to teach them and we had to have a rule. I said, hey, listen, kids, here's the rule. You can either sing or be quiet. 
I said, but don't just talk, because they would just talk during the praise and worship. I remember another time, we're having communion. I'm trying to teach them the importance of communion. I thought I'd make it really cool and relevant. So we had hot cross buns for the bread. Uh, it was Easter time, and we had Coke uh, for the wine, you know. And um, as we handed it out, I'm trying to have a holy moment, and they started a food fight uh, in the middle of communion. And the intercessors kept saying, there's going to be fire in this youth group. There's going to be fire. And I felt like, yeah, well, you haven't been. There's no fire. They're as dead as a doornail. I remember towards the end of my first year there, I was getting sick of it, man. I'm getting all these prophecies about having this youth group on fire and they were as dead as anything. And so I remember I was at home one day in our little unit and, uh, and uh, my wife was out. Uh, she was getting her hair done. Uh, so I knew I had a good six hours to myself. Uh, and, so, <laughs> uh, and so I thought, I thought, I'm sick of it. I keep getting the same prophecy and it's not happening. But then I thought, well, I've actually never declared it. So I spent a bit of time, I was walking up and down my lounge and I just kept declaring, I said, Lord, you promised, you told me there'd be fire in this youth group. There is no fire. (laughs) I said, you promised, you told me, you said there's going to be fire. You told me there's going to be fire. I thank you that you you said this. I kept for about three hours. I was walking up and down praying that until eventually something on the inside of me clicked. Uh, from the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is filled. And I felt the holy, I just knew right there and then, it's going to happen. Uh, I had, an, I had a, an assurity of it. A few months later, I uh, took the youth group uh, down to a camp on the Gold Coast, a Youth Alive camp. It was called State Quake. It was a horrendous trip on the way down on the bus. It's a thousand kilometre trip and the kids were so naughty. Uh, everything in me wanted to turn the bus around and come home. And I remember when we, were, uh, we went there and my kids still didn't, do, uh, still didn't praise and worship God. And, and so the band started playing and all these other kids from other youth groups came up the front and started jumping up and down praising God. I noticed some of my kids looking at it, a bit bemused, and then they started walking down the aisle to the front. I thought they were going up there to muck around. So I looked at them as they were walking down the aisle. I said, hey, 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 don't muck around, all right? I said, those other kids are serious, right? And so they would come down, and then they started jumping up and down, praising God. And then the slow songs came on, and then all of a sudden, the, my kids, all my youth groups started lifting their hands, and they started worshipping God. And then all of a sudden, tears started coming down their face. The presence of God started touching them. And for the first time in our little youth group, we had some fire. We went back home, and God started doing something awesome. And later that year, we started a little, little conference. It was called Extreme Youth Conference. Well, I went just went back to speak at it last month. They have it's been going fifteen years. They have six, seven hundred young people from regional Queensland coming to it all the time. It's known as a youth group of fire, and it started with a dead little youth group and a prophecy. Get that prophecy out. Don't just write it down in the cover of your Bible and wait for God to do it. That's what happens sometimes. We get these prophecies and we just hope sitting back waiting for God to do it. Well, there are times we need to wage warfare with it. Get that thing out. Even as I'm speaking, some of you have reminded us something God told you through a prophet long ago. It's time to get that thing out, getting an agreement with it and start declaring the prophecies that God has given us. The third thing that we need to declare is we need to declare past victories. Past victories. Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 says this, They overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So the saints overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the work of Christ, and the word of their testimony. 
Now, your testimony is more than your salvation testimony. Your testimony is more than this. Before I met the Lord, I was wicked and boring. But now I've met the Lord, I'm not wicked anymore. Uh, <clears throat> your testimony is more than that. Your testimony is all the other things that God has helped you to overcome in the past. That next time you face an obstacle, instead of shrinking back and being intimidated by it, you remind yourself of all the other ones God did and start declaring it. That's what David did when he took on Goliath. Goliath was taunting him and he said, God has put in my hand a lion and a bear. He's going to help me take you out as well. And what happens in the Christian walk is the Christian walk is not always smooth sailing. It's not like you have one breakthrough and then the rest of your life is just like a conveyor belt of blessing. That there are actually times when we once again have to face an obstacle. And often it looks bigger than anything you faced before. What do we do to help overcome it? We remind ourselves of what God did. In the past, Um, many years ago, uh, my wife and I received a great miracle and were able to build our first house. It was a great miracle, a huge miracle that we were able to do it uh, in Mackay. And and we built our first house. So we bought a block of land, had a house built on it, and um, but we didn't have the money to finish it off. So uh, it was good enough to live in, but it wasn't really complete. I used to call it the big brother house uh, because we didn't have any window fittings. Uh, and you could look in through every window. And so we just had Christmas paper on some. Uh, we, had, uh, we, you know, we just had made up you know, sheets on the others and, and that sort of thing. Um, we didn't have any money to do anything in the garden or the yard. And so the lawn, there was no lawn. Uh, didn't have any turf. It was a sandy block. Every time you open the doors, sand had come in. Uh, sand's in your toes. Uh, when you're showering, you notice sand pooling at the bottom. Uh, it was really annoying. Uh, it was North Queensland really hot, didn't have enough money for air conditioning. Uh, you walk into the spare bedrooms, there's a cavity in the wall where the war- wardrobe's going to be when we have the money to finish it. We didn't even have enough money for a letterbox. My letterbox was a bucket at the end of our driveway. <laughs> the amount of people that ran over that bucket uh, was unbelievable. So basically what happened is we had this great miracle and we were able to move into this house. But then nothing happened for quite a while. And eventually, the glory of the original miracle wears off. And the frustration of the next one starts filling your heart. Started thinking, oh, is it ever going to happen? Is God, ever, are we ever going to finish this? Maybe we'll never be able to do it. I remember thinking to myself, I can't be like this. So I went and sat on our back porch and looked out over the sandy beach, which was our yard. And, and I just started declaring. I said, Lord, I thank you that if you've begun something, you're going to finish it. I thank you that the miracle you performed to get us here was way bigger than the miracle we need to finish the job. So I know that you are well able, and I just started declaring that for a while. By the time I got off that porch, on the inside of me, I was full of faith, and I just knew it was going to happen from the fruit of our mouth our stomach is filled. And then a few months later, we were able to finish the job. There's somebody here, you're facing an obstacle bigger than anything you've faced before. But you have felt like that before. The last obstacle, you felt exactly the same. And then God got you over that one. So just remind yourself of what it was like that time and start declaring and thanking God because He will soon help you to overcome this one as well. We need 
need to declare our past victories. The fourth thing that we need to declare is that we need to declare private promises. Private promises. Um, Now, private promises are different from personal prophecies. A personal prophecy is when somebody else gives you, God speaks through somebody else to you. They give you a prophecy. Um, But God is not limited to speaking to us like that. He can speak to us directly as well without going through somebody else. Because through Christ, we are now all able by his spirit to hear his voice. Now, Amos chapter 3 verse 7 says this. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. Now, in the Old Testament, there were only a few people who could hear God. But now through Christ, all believers can. And so actually the phrase a prophet changes in the New Testament. A prophet is an ascension gift ministry in the New Testament. Uh, But we can all be prophetic. Okay. Now, he says, surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. What's the job of a prophet? Well, a prophet has to hear from God. But that's not just a prophet's job. Because a prophet also has to speak. So when God's going to do something in your world, we need to hear it, but not just hear it. We need to hear it, and it's good to write it down, but not just write it down. We need to hear it, and then we need to speak. When God's got to do something in our world, we need to hear it, and then we need to also declare it. When I was a youth pastor, I was at McDonald's doing my devotions, as you do, and um, I was reading in the scripture one of the accounts of when Jesus walked on the water. In this particular account, Jesus was on, uh, Jesus was walking on the water towards the disciples, and the Bible says the disciples were in the middle of the lake. As he walked to them, he interacted with them, he hopped in the boat, and then the Bible says immediately they were on the other side. Now there's two miracles that happened. The obvious miracle was the walking on the water, but there was a second miracle not so obvious. Jesus is walking to them and they're halfway across the lake. They interact with him, he hops in the boat, they turn around and immediately they're on the other side. So the second miracle was time compression. God can accelerate things. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, he said, I'm going to do in one year what it took five years to do in your youth ministry. He said, your youth ministry is going to double this year. I said, awesome. And he said, so tell them. So so I got up at youth and I said, I was full of faith. Well, persona full of faith. And I said, Lord, I thank you. I'm sorry, I said, guys, we're going to have, you know, great year this year. These are the things we're going to do. And also, I was doing my devotions and I felt the Holy Spirit say that we're going to double in a year. And they were going, ah, but on the inside, I was like, what did I say that for? And to be honest, in hindsight, I was wrong because we doubled in six months. <laughs> we have to hear and then we need to speak. What is it God told you that you wrote down but you haven't said? And you're waiting for God to do, but he's waiting for you to speak. We need to hear, and then we also need to speak. Hiding in our heart is not enough. We actually need to declare it as well. God does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. And a prophet has to hear, and then a prophet has to speak. Remember another time I was staying with some friends of mine, and um, 
um, I would stay there for a few days and then uh, on the last morning I was doing my devotions and I was reading uh, the story about uh, uh, Elisha, the prophet Elisha and this woman from Shunem. Basically this uh, woman from Shunem and her husband, they put an extension on their house for Elisha to come and stay there whenever he was ministering in that area. And so he was so pumped about it uh, that he called the lady before him and her and her husband had been unable to have children and he said this time next year you're going to have a baby in your arms. And then the Bible says that within 12 months, that's exactly what happened. They had a baby in their arms. When I read that phrase, this time next year, you're going to have a baby in your arms, it leapt off the page at me. And the Holy Spirit said, Take, t- say that to this couple you're staying with. And I was like, they'd been married 10 years, tried everything, been unable to have children. But the Holy Spirit said, tell it to them. I said, oh, okay. So packed my bags and, and, and I was about to leave their place and I saw them. I said, hey, thanks guys for having me. It was so good hanging out. I really appreciate it. And um, now uh, there's just one more thing. Um, I was doing my devotions this morning and uh, I kind of <laughs> sort of <laughs> felt that maybe uh, within 12 months or so, <laughs> you're going to have a baby in your arms. When I said that, they just looked at me and I said, see ya, and then I just left. And um, <laughs> tried to erase it from my mind, didn't think anything of it. Um, about a few months later, I got a phone call from the guy. He rings me up. He said, Benny! I said, G'day, Steve-O. He goes, guess what, Penny? I said, what? He goes, hey, you know that prophecy you gave us when you stayed with us? And uh, I'd forgotten it. So I said, no, what did I say? He goes, you said that within 12 months, we're going to have a baby in our arms. I said, 12 months or so? (laughs) And he said, well, guess what? We're pregnant. And the baby's due within 12 months of when you gave the word. And then they had a child. Now they've got three. We have to hear and then we've got to speak. What is it you've heard but you haven't said? What is it that you've heard waiting for God to do but he's waiting for us to speak? We need to declare private promises. And the fifth thing that we need to declare is that we need to declare our personal agreement. Personal agreement. Bible says in Matthew chapter 18 verse 19. Again, I tell you that if two of you, Jesus is saying, he says, again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything that you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. How awesome is that? So Jesus is saying, if we want something done in the church, there needs to be agreement. And if there's agreement, it's going to get done. That's powerful. Now, the thing about agreement is agreement isn't sealed. Agreement doesn't actually happen without communication. There is no such thing as agreement without some kind of two-way communication. Imagine this, ladies. You purchase a new dress or outfit. You put it on and you show your husband. You say, hey, babe, what do you think? If he's just looking at you, agreement hasn't happened yet. You might be thinking to yourself, what does he think? And on the inside, he's thinking, oh, babe, you're so beautiful. But because he's just looking at you, agreement hasn't happened yet. 
Because agreement requires two-way communication. So we need to communicate back and forth in order for agreement to come to pass and then for God's will to be done. That's why it's important to say amen during the preaching. Because I don't know if you agree, if you're just looking at me. On the inside, you can be like, that's amazing. But on the outside, it's like, well, there's no agreement unless there's two-way communication. Now, I need to allay your fears. Uh, you know, I've, I've been uh, preached all around Australia and there'll be times a, a pastor will get up and he will say, hey, church, uh, we've got Pastor Ben coming to preach today. And uh, so I want you to really encourage the preacher. So I want you to say amen because we really want to encourage the preacher. Uh, there'll be other times uh, I'll, I'll be in an audience and there'll be a preacher get up and they'll say things like, hey, church, I need you talking back to me. I preach better when you say amen. So I need your help to preach this thing. So, you know, I want you to say amen. It, you know, helps me preach better. I just want to let you, church, let you know, church, I don't need your help. <laughs> I've been preaching a long time. You know what I'm saying? There's some churches I preach at, they stare at me like they want to kill me. So if I needed your help, I would have quit 20 years ago. So I don't need your help. It doesn't make me feel better about myself. It doesn't keep me in my call. But I still want you to say amen. Because when God's word's declared, we drag it into our world through agreement. And I don't know if you agree, if you're just looking at me. Now, it doesn't have to be amen. It could be some kind of other agreement. You know, I remember I was preaching one time at a church in North Queensland and senior pastor said to me, oh, sorry, I wasn't preaching there, I was visiting. And the senior pastor said to me, he says, hey, Ben, uh, in our church, we're an Australian church, not an American church. I said, right, what does that mean? Well, in our church, we don't say, praise the Lord. I said, you don't say, praise the Lord. Why? Because we're Australian. I said, so what do you say? He says, we say, you beauty, Lord. I said, right. And he goes, we don't say amen either. I said, you don't say amen. Why? Because we're Australian, not American. I said, so what do you say? He said, we say, too right, mate. And it's true. I visited there. Pastor gets up the head, says a prayer, and a bloke stands up the back and says, too right, mate. So it doesn't matter if it's amen. It doesn't matter if it's too right, mate. As long as it's some kind of agreement. And it's not American, and it's not hype, and it's not Amway. It's Christian. You'll say it during a prayer. We'll say it in God's word. There's a time to be silent and reverent, but make no mistake, there's a time when we need to speak. Amen. Amen. Too right, mate. So what we're going to do in this service is we're going to put this into practice. Some people here, you know there's something that God told you and you have not declared with, that you've actually not come into agreement with and never said before. And so in order to seal the deal, because some people actually clothe through with religion and shame. They feel like that the height of spirituality is quietness. That is not true. When you go to heaven, it's not quiet. Honestly, the Bible says that there was silence in heaven for half an hour. And that's it. The rest of the time, they're going crazy. So silence and contemplation is an important part of the Christian life, but it's not the primary part of the Christian life. And purely that in your world means it's an incomplete Christian life. There is a time when we need to be silent, but there's a time when we need to speak. And to seal the deal, 
we're going to start declaring in this service. Some of you are going to start declaring the things that God has spoken over you. Some of the things he's shown you, but you've never agreed to. Some of you are going to start declaring that scripture that leapt off the page when you read it and filled your heart with warmth, but you've never yet spoken it. And so what we're going to do this morning is this. this. With every eye open and every head up. (laughs) Stand to your feet. Don't worry, you don't have to yell and scream it out. You just have to declare it. Say it. I felt for some people here, literally, it was kind of like there's balloons all over the ceiling. And as you started declaring, you just started dropping that promise into your world that that was literally all that was required for it to come to pass. And, and for some people, we get bound up in shame and religiosity, waiting for God to do something that He wants us to partner with Him in. And so we're going to start declaring. You won't be the loudest here because I've got the microphone. And I will probably be louder than you. But there's a time to be silent, but there's a time when you need to speak. So for a minute or two, we're going to do that. And the worship team can come up as well because we're just going to praise after that. But we're going to start declaring. Amen? Too right, mate. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you, Lord. I declare over the life of this church that in 2016, you're going to deliver them from the snare of the fowler. Some things that happened to them that wasn't caused by them, that happened by the enemy. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, you're going to deliver them from it and they're going to soar as you have intended. I thank you and praise you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for the souls that are going to be saved through the life of this church. I thank you for the people going to encounter the power of God in this church. I thank you for the ministries that are going to be released in this church. I thank you and I praise you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you for those, Lord, that were believing for children. I thank you that's going to come to pass. For those that were believing for loved ones that are going to come back into the house of God, I thank you that's going to come to pass. For those that are believing for financial miracles in 2016, I thank you it's coming to pass. For those that are believing for healing, I thank you, Lord, that next year they're going to walk into their healing. I thank you and I praise you for a Lord in Jesus' name. I thank you that long-awaited promises are going to come to pass. I thank you long anticipated promises are going to come to pass. I thank you and I praise you for it. It's time to declare. We declare it Lord. We believe you for it Lord. Praise you God. You're an awesome God. Magnify you Lord. Praise you God. You are awesome. You are mighty. We glorify you. I thank you for it Father in Jesus name. I thank you for this building Lord. That there shall be multiple services in this place Lord God. This facility used fully all day on the Sunday multiple times. I thank you, praise you for it Lord. In Jesus name I thank you for those doors in the community that have been shut. In Jesus name I thank you those things are going to start opening. I thank you for that Father. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Thank you for it Lord. Thank you for it Lord. Thank you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. He's an awesome God. We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.